0: Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com.
1: Glad you're with us here on the Sports Spectacular. We often talk about all the stuff coming up and complain about how in the world we're going to get to it all. Well, we're not even going to complain, and we're not even going to make Brad Underwood wait in that room over there until the commercial breaks like we do everybody else. He's just two minutes away. That's how little time, we, free time we have. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. Fellas, let's start with football. The Fighting Illini with now three numbers attached to them for the first time ever. Number 14 in the AP poll, number 13 in the coaches poll, and for the first time in school history, ranked in the college football playoff poll at
2: number 16. It's really astonishing where they've come under Brett Bielema in the year two. I mean, this is a team that is just getting it done on both sides of the ball, the complimentary football, that Brett Bielema wants to play, you know, they control the control the, the game. They've controlled every game, except one really. I mean, you know, and that was the game where they got a rough call. They lit, they should be eight. No guys, it's really kind of crazy thought.
3: Well, think about it less than two years ago. Coach B was driving to Penn State to watch that game and get interviewed by various organizations about taking over the University of Illinois head coaching job. Did anybody listening to that interview think that he was going to be ranked in the CFP rankings less than two years later?
1: And did anybody think that that crazy last-minute loss in Indiana could keep this team out of the college football playoff. Now, it's a lot, lot's got to happen, and, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but the point is, to Brad's point, you'd be 8-0 right now if you just played yeah. those games differently, so it's crazy. But despite all that, the Illini control their own destiny to get to their first ever Big Ten championship game. Next step is Saturday versus Michigan State, 2.30 p.m. kickoff, an expected crowd well over 50,000, maybe even a sellout. Illinois, a 16-point favorite. Spartans have lost 5 of 6 on the field, losing eight players to suspension off the field due to, last week's tunnel fight at michigan
2: yeah you know it's 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 that was really an ugly scene it seems like we have that every week at a michigan game in the tunnel so it comes the new thing maybe they need another tunnel uh but uh but uh yeah that stuff was just ugly it's hard to hard to watch that and think that anybody could think that was okay so you know that's why you get suspensions and and this is a guy who's got a their coach mel tucker's got a 90 million dollar deal and Boy, they, they got to be a little restless there in in
3: Yeah, pressure's on them. Um, and certainly you don't want to see a team break. I think the interesting uh, juxtaposition was when Tommy DeVito got knocked into the cabinet on the side of the uh, Nebraska game with a late hit. The Illini players didn't go after the guy who did it. You saw discipline. And Michigan State, you saw a breakdown.
1: That's true. Let me correct this. Spartans have lost actually four out of five. Maybe I'm projecting to Saturday evening five out of six. (laughs) Uh, You're
2: you're like Karnak.
1: (laughs) Well, it's also the last weekend without basketball. as the 23rd ranked Illini tip off the regular season Monday night versus Eastern Illinois. 7 p.m. State Farm Center is uh, the time and place. Joining us now is the Blueprint, the coach who has shown everyone how to come in and change the culture and put the Illini on the national map. Head coach Brad Underwood begins his sixth season in Champaign. Coach, good to have you back here on the Sports Spectacular. Third year in a row that your team is in the AP preseason top 25. I think it says more than anything that this program is considered among the nation's elite because with all the roster change over these days from year to year, no one really knows how each team is is going to perform.
4: Yeah, I think so. I think that's been the... the uh... Uh, the long storied history of preseason rankings is, you know, is, is what you've done and, and, and where your program's been at. I, you know, I, I also think that we probably have a different set of standards now based on uh, recruiting rankings from the portal um, and how that factors in. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, would like to think that, you um, um, you know we've got this program at a place that uh, uh, consistency is 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 the norm, and that we're going to be in a position to be one of those top twenty five teams every year. And I get it you you know you've got to play the games, and and they are preseason rankings, but it's sure nice to start there. And uh, 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 you know we'll uh, we've got to go earn it now, and um, and earn our stripes. But that's why we play the games.
3: Hey coach, um, with five returning players, have you had to dig deep into your coaching bag of tricks to figure out how to integrate all these new pieces into a team with such high expectations?
4: Yeah, it's been different. You know, I, last year it was, um, it was, it was such a common ground because everybody knew what we were doing and, and it was, we were very advanced. Um, and, uh, uh in terms of offensive packages and being able to put some of those things in. Uh this year it's put the brakes on, uh a ton of teaching, um, a ton of getting to know and understand your team. Um, and that's been uh, you know, that's been a process. You throw in that we didn't have Matt, uh, Meyer most of the summer. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's it's the start of school and you're and you're still trying to figure it out. But that will probably I hope not, but probably become the norm, you know, with the portal. Um, but uh, I, again, I think my junior college years have helped in knowing that you know I've had as many as ten new guys in one year before in junior wow. college, and, yeah. and veterans are are not a a, a, a real common thing. Uh, but uh, uh, we got really coachable guys. We've got a, a freshman class that's very mature. And, uh, you know, we've got enough experience and enough leadership that, uh, you know, I hope it carries us, uh, carries us through until those guys, those freshmen keep uh, gaining on their experiences.
1: Well, I know for fans of the program, it was obviously exciting last week to see this team finally come together after, you know, all the obvious drama in the spring and, and Kofi deciding to, to leave uh, and the guys coming in, Taryn Shannon, the rumors and things like that. And um, great to see them. the first thing that, that I noticed within the first few minutes, obviously it was a little bit sloppy early on. Um, and you've been talking about this. And of course, uh, Brad, our insider talking about this It's just the boy, you guys are, you're long and quick and, and, and no offense against uh, some teams in the past, but that length in the, in the backcourt, what a difference it makes um, when you've got a guy, maybe he's not six, one, but six, six, starting that number two spot.
4: Yeah, there's, that's a, you um positional size is what I'm calling it and uh you know I think one of the things that that even with our freshmen and I you look at Sky you know Sky's 205 pounds uh you look at Ty rogers you know 6'6, six two20 you look at Jade Neps he's a, he's a really strong 185 um you know they're not typical freshman bodies um uh, you know then you start throwing you know RJ out there at six 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 seven and you start throwing Terrence Shannon at six seven. Uh, you know Matthew Meyer at six nine, and and all of a sudden it's 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 Coleman. It's it, it's a whole bunch of length, um, pretty quick, um, you know. And and so it's um, it's got to be a, one of our team's strengths uh, is is that positional size. And uh, we're still toying around with a lot of different things. You know, playing Dane and Coleman, and and uh, you know you start looking at you know playing Ty Rogers at the point some uh you know and you can get really big and uh so we've we've got to uh keep growing that 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 package and and uh yet it's uh it's very different uh we're trying to play faster uh we've got wings who are very good in the open court uh terrence shannon really didn't get loose a whole lot in the quincy scrimmage and our secret scrimmage uh he was phenomenal i mean he was he was he was maybe the best player on the court, probably was the best player on the court. Uh, but uh, again, that's um, to this team's advantage, and, and and then we can do different things offensively and defensively as well. We're talking with Brad Underwood, coach of the Fighting Illini basketball team, on the eve of their season opener. More with Coach after this on the
1: Sports Spectacular, powered by com.
5: Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way.
1: Welcome back as this segment is presented by Ducey Bank. Let's continue now with Coach Underwood.
3: You've got a fantastic uh, freshman group coming in this year. How the heck as a coaching staff do you figure out who you're going to recruit in high school (laughs) when the transfer portal injects so much change every year?
4: You know, I I think we've – I've always looked at it this way with with – with recruiting freshmen, we're a development program, and and we make guys better. and And we're going to work, and we're going to uh, uh, we're going to grind guys, and I mean that in a really positive way. Uh, you know, in the weight room, uh, with nutrition, with our, our on court workouts. Uh, I think every player that's come through our program has gotten better. They've added strength. They've 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 grown that way. Uh, I like to recruit that way. I like to recruit guys who want to work to, to continue to grow and get better. I want to recruit guys that don't want to leave the University of Illinois. Uh, I understand that that's every every case is different, and they may. Uh, and I think that's when we've got to fill in with with, with guys from the portal. And uh, I don't want to make uh, uh, make it a real common thing but I want it to be something that can be very beneficial. And, you know, we did that with, with Plumber. Plummer. Uh, we needed shooting. He obviously fit that bill. Uh, Terrence, Matthew, uh, getting those guys in the spring, they fit what we, what we needed and, 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 uh, and made us better with, you know, two skilled guys with size that can shoot it, drive it, play with versatility uh, and then, probably the most important thing come from winning programs. And uh, that success is something that uh, we look for a lot in the portal.
1: Talking with Brad Underwood, head coach of the Fighting Illini here on the Gussie Newsmakers line on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Coach, I was just thinking, um, you know, this is the, the first time you're going into a season in several years Without an Io Dasumu or a Kofi Coburn on, on your roster. Um, what is it like? How has this program evolved since the last time that happened? You entered a season without one of those two on your roster. And and how have you changed? How has your approach changed as, as, as a coach and maybe even as a person, considering who you were, where the program was then, and where you both are now?
4: Well, I'm gonna add Trent Frazier to that as well, because Trent was a uh, very comforting piece um, as a, as a, as a head coach to have on your side. But, uh, you know, I think that um, I think I feel great about our talent. I think our talent level is at a place uh, now that um, uh, we feel like we have potential pros and uh, you know, you don't win at this level if you don't have really good players Um, I also think there's a much better understanding of our players coming into this program what to expect. Uh, You know, I think early on, you know, we were we were uh, everything was very new. We were changing a culture. We were demanding, expecting uh, all those things that were that were that were tough and they were different. I think everybody knows those things now uh, that we're going to play really hard, that we're going to demand. And maybe expect more from the, from from each player than maybe they expect from themselves. Um, so I, I like to think that uh, uh, along with our talent, um, you know the the character of our players is in a is, is in a place where uh, they know exactly what they're what they've gotten into, and uh, and success and winning and great facilities at, at a great university is all part of that.
3: And of course, you've got a fantastic staff that you put together not even a year and a half ago are how are those roles of those assistant coaches? What are they doing in terms of day-to-day practice to help you achieve your goal of being a developmental program?
4: Yeah, they're huge. They're the biggest piece. Um, you don't do this without, uh, without a great staff and, and, uh, you know, Chester and, and, and Tim coming in brand new, um, uh, you know Jeff had been in the program and was and we just elevated to it on the court roll uh but I've known Jeff forever and 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 we've we worked together in those scenarios but uh uh you know when you come to work at the University of Illinois and come to work for me you better be able to coach and it's not just stand on the sideline with your arms folded and and do nothing it's uh uh it's it's jump both feet in and and uh uh this isn't uh a one person show by any stretch these guys have to to develop great relationships work them out in the off season uh and then everybody's got segments in practice where uh whether they're working with guards bigs wings whatever it is um you know by position and and they're dialed in there and then uh you know we have a uh you know jeff handles our offensive stuff Uh, chester handles our defensive stuff uh tim is as we call it as the special uh Special teams guy with baseline sideline outs, substitutions, and and personnel. Uh, so everybody's got a big role in this, a big hand in this, and and uh, uh, I really like it that way because they're they're much more than recruiters. They're they're also really really good basketball coaches.
3: Yeah. One other follow up, coach. When you talk about a developmental program, do you also mean that for your assistant coaches and how you are working to improve their skill sets?
4: Oh, absolutely. I don't want any coach to leave here for another, for another assistance job. I want them to think that they're at the, the pinnacle of uh, in terms of the food chain, they're at the top. And uh, you know, when they leave here, they should be ready to be a a head coach. You do that by learning how to coach. Uh, You know, we make, uh, we have our assistant coaches meet uh, all the time so that they learn to communicate with each other, not just with players, um you know are there disagreements absolutely are there are there are there things that uh uh, we have great conversation about yes but uh uh we've hired really really good people uh they're great family men they all have have supportive spouses children uh Chester's just got a brand new one uh, actually and uh but it's a um This needs to be their last stop until their head coaches. And all three of those guys are are, are working to be very ready for that next step.
1: As we mentioned earlier, the 2022-23 season tips off Monday night at State Farm Center with Eastern Illinois. Uh, Go Panthers, my alumni, thank you very much, my alma mater uh, in there. Um, But, you know, but you've got to really, uh, you've got Eastern to start and then you've got a few games before you get to the Vegas games and into the meat of the schedule. You've got a really competitive schedule and one that, that you, you really might not have scheduled yourself a few years ago, but I think when you come out of the non-con, and, and you know this better than I would, that you'll have a, hopefully have a really good sense of, of, of what this team's about. I mean, you've got UCLA game and then either Baylor or Virginia, the two games um, in, in Vegas. You've got uh, Syracuse provides a different look in the ACC Big Ten game. Uh, Texas in New York is going to be a a great matchup. And of course in the big 10 season, starting off the first game uh, at Maryland. Um, How, how does this, uh, how does this non-con look for you? And, and is it different than in the past?
4: Yeah, I I think the one thing we've tried to stay very consistent with uh, in scheduling is, is playing great people Uh, to, to me the 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 ability to win a game and I get it sometimes we're all based on how many games we win and, and it looks great your your schedule you know what those days are pretty much gone in terms of getting into the NCA tournament there's so many analytics out there um, and I don't like just being you know we could probably put a schedule together we were 11 and 0 or 12 and 0 or pretty close to it and uh, then you go into league play and you won every game by 15 to 20 and and yet you don't know how to, you don't know who you are. And um, uh, I've always tried to schedule hard and challenging. And I think it, it, it pays its dividends. Uh, I think players want to play in big games. Uh, I think that uh, it definitely benefits your team to uh, uh, have some adversity. You know, I don't want, I don't want adversity when it sets in in, in conference play. I want to know how we react when somebody smacks us or does something to us that, that, that bothers us. And uh, uh, you, play, you play non-league games to, yeah, do we want to win them? But yes, you got to get better and, and you got to grow. And so by league time, uh, I think you're hardened and you're, you're tough and uh, you've seen just about everything and you're not in shock if something happens to you. So we're always going to try to play one of those schedules and the Big Ten is going to provide 20 really, really hard games, no matter uh, uh, where you're at and who you play. So Uh, we better be ready for that.
3: Um, when you, when you're having these schedule, I know one of the things that you've done so well is keep your, your team focused on the next game. When you see those Las Vegas games coming, what do you do as a coach to keep your team focused on the next game, not the next quote, big game?
4: Oh, it, believe me, it's, it's, it's all Eastern Illinois right now. Uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're, everybody's human. They know those games are out there. Uh, You know, there's scenarios in practice where, you know, you're looking at, okay, if we play this team, they could run this and you might handle that situation in practice and never say anything to your players who's running it. Uh, But uh, yeah, man, for me, it's gotta be simple. It's gotta be the next day. It's get better the next day. It's the next opponent, and as, and as soon as you start looking by somebody, you get beat. And, uh, uh, so it's a couple of weeks away and, and, uh, uh, that's, that's a long time in and, and, practices and games. So we've got to, uh, just keep it really simple and keep, stay really focused. We know
1: that, uh, your time is precious. A couple more questions here. Um, and one I'm going to ask, I think we need to ask is, um, obviously the, the Luke Goody, uh, surgery last week and, and, How's his prognosis, and realistically, when would you like to get him back on the court?
4: I don't know the time to be back. Um, you know, I think we'll be we'll we'll start looking at evaluations, and you know, around the first of the year, maybe Christmas. I, I you know, we'll see that everybody heals at a different rate. Uh, and his surgery was very, very successful. He was uh, uh, he got in quick uh, and had that process done. Uh, you know, he was back in the training room today, uh, you know, moving the foot and, and and doing some stuff. He's still in a boot for another few days. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll, st- we'll, we'll just play it by ear. You know how that process uh, uh, plays out. We'll see. Uh, it's a big loss. Uh, you know, Luke is a veteran. He's a guy that is, uh, you know, I always say you can replace points and rebounds. Uh, but you can't replace a guy like Luke, who is an unbelievable communicator. He's a he's a great team leader. He's gonna have to find different ways to do that, other than being on the court to help us. But uh, he, he never shuts up on the court, and then coaches love that. That's a really good thing. He's he's always talking. He's he's he understands our lingo. He understands what's coming. He's uh, that's where he's a he's a big loss for us.
3: One, I guess I guess the other thing is, um, as you're as you're moving forward, you know, and and you've got uh, you know you've got him kind of waiting, what what do you do? how do you utilize a, a person like Fletch to help uh, Luke as he rehabs this injury?
4: Oh there's there's really no such thing as an off day. Uh, with us and and even though he might not be able to uh, to run or to he might be in a boot uh, he's still got two arms a chest um, you know the, the the work and and Fletch is a master at coming up with uh, creative ways to uh, keep getting guys workouts keep them in shape obviously Paul Schmidt our trainer We'll will also be very involved with his um uh, with, with his recovery and his rehab. And uh, you know, we've got we now have the uh, the pool with the treadmill. Uh we've got all these bikes and and different things. So, you know, keeping him in in great shape um is 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 gonna be at the forefront of it. We can't let him uh, just sit idle and and that doesn't happen in our program. But we got great, great people involved and and uh, you know, we'll make sure uh Uh, Luke's working every day.
1: Yeah. Before I let you go, I lied. One additional question. Football is killing it right now. Um, It's fun to hear from some of the football people and then now women's basketball and Shauna Green using your program as, you know, the standard saying, Hey, we've seen, we've seen Brad do it. Uh, Now we can do it. Um, How exciting is it to have a a successful football program? And I think obviously it only enhances everything you guys do uh, when you, when you've got your program in the fall rolling And all the additional attention uh, going them gets those uh, media people and some people there on campus that might not have shown up before.
4: It's huge. Uh, I I, I can't tell you how important it is to have a a great football team. And it's, and one, it's just fun. Uh, There's a completely different uh, vibe on campus and you see everybody with their head up and, and everybody's excited. And they're talking about, you know, Saturday's game and, um, those are the obvious things just to just the feel good on campus and around and you, everybody in BFL is upbeat. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's something that's um, uh, that's very exciting. Uh, you know, all the obvious, you know, it helps in recruiting and you've got a packed stadium and uh, you know, be, winning becomes very, very contagious. And, you know, Sean is going to do the same thing and, and on the women's side and, and she's going to build a heck of a program. She understands how to do it and, and build it with culture. And uh, Brett has done that same thing. And, and, you know, it's, um, uh, it, it's fun to be around that success and be able to feed off of that. And uh, you know, Brett and I talk a lot and, and it's, it's, it's great just to hear the excitement and it's fun as a coach to just see the 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 chemistry that that team's playing with and and how they've grown and with their confidence and uh, man it's very contagious and those athletes hang out with each other they talk a lot um, and uh, yeah it's that's that's what's fun is is being on a college campus when when uh, everybody's winning so. Uh, we're definitely a football school, that's for sure. <laughs> I love it. No no arguments at all. And
1: that's a great place to leave it. That, and you mentioned the word I was looking for, culture. You've done a great job of restructuring this program and bringing that Thank culture, you. changing the culture that it's not just, hey, we won. It's no, 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 we expected to win. And we expect big things there. And uh, certainly, as you mentioned, Brad is doing that in football. And and we we agree. We we believe that Sean is going to do the same thing in basketball. Coach Brad Underwood, uh, good luck Monday night against the Panthers the rest of the way. And appreciate your time. And we'll talk with you soon.
4: I appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks Coach.
1: Coach Brad Underwood here on the BUC Newsmaker line. Again, presented by BUC Bank, proud sponsor of the Fighting Illini and in this program as well. We're taking a quick time out right now. And much more continuing here on the Illini Guides Radio Network.
6: At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini.
7: Hey, this is Tim Sinclair, public address voice of the Chicago Bulls and Fighting Illini Basketball, and you're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular.
1: Well, it's a pretty cool evening right here or morning, wherever you would like to think, as we are recording this in advance here for the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Larry, Mike, and Brad on uh, on this segment presented by OSF Healthcare. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, junior forward, and um, someone who we've talked about a lot, guys, is um, so incredibly talented. And uh, I I really think this is a year he's going to show what he's going to do. So excited to have him here on the show. Hey, Coleman, glad to have you with us.
8: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys.
1: Absolutely. Hey, let's start right now with uh, You know, you know, that Illinois is a basketball school, although, you know, Brad Underwood does admit it's a football school right now. Right. Um, But for the first time, you guys are going into basketball season and you're not the biggest thing on campus. Because football's playing so well. What's that like?
8: Yeah, I mean, I, I have a, a ton of excitement for the football team. You know, I'm uh, part of the reason why I uh, went to Illinois is, get, you know, when I first came here, I had that atmosphere on campus, you know, going to the football game. Uh, you know, I didn't want to go to a school without a football team. Uh, but I'm excited to see uh, the way that, you know, Chase Brown, Tommy, uh, all, the, all those guys have been playing well. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and there's not any sense of uh, jealousy. It's all love. Um, you know, I, I love especially the way our fans have rallied around it and, you know, been buying up tickets and supporting the football team. And, you know, it, it's great that they're finally getting a lot of attention and, and national attention, too. Uh, hopefully they'll get a college game day down here uh, for that Purdue game. Uh, but, yeah, I, I love to see that both sports teams are doing well. And, you know, it's only up from here. I want to see the university just be on top. So.
2: Coleman, you've obviously, you guys have been on top. I mean, you've got a Big 10 championship regular season and you've got a Big 10 tournament championship uh, since you've been on campus. And uh, what's it? So you come into this year and maybe it's not having something to prove, but is it like taking it to the what do you, what do you guys need to do to maybe take it to that next level, um, you know, beyond winning a Big 10 championship?
8: Yeah. I think, I think we just have to rally around each other and, and, you know, it's such a new group. Um, they haven't experienced what uh, we've all experienced uh, as far as winning in the big 10. So I think kind of having a sense of leadership, but at the end of the day, it's ultimately just playing hard. Um, We we just have to go out and compete against everybody. We play, whoever's on our schedule, we'll have to go out and compete. Um, You know, if we don't compete hard, uh, we don't play well, you know, we're not going to win games and, you know, and, and, these last two years, you know, we didn't always have, I feel like even last year, we didn't have the best team in the Big Ten. I think we just played harder than everybody else. These last few years, I think Coach Underwood's team just played harder than anybody else. And that's what caused us to get the most wins in the, in the Big Ten uh, in the last few years. So just going out, playing hard, uh, rallying around each other, and just focus on that opponent, um, being locked in on detail and playing hard. Ultimately, that's, that's how you get the wins. So Coleman, there's only five returning
3: players this year. So what is your role in helping um, mentor those new freshmen and the
8: guys who are new to the team? Yeah, and I, I've talked about it a lot, especially on media day. It was, it's really uh, leading by example. Uh, I can sit there and talk about what, what the past guys have done and what, what we're supposed to do and. Uh, this and that and you know chirp guys for this and that but they have to see it by example you know I can I got to be everyday guy in practice I got to go hard I got to be almost perfect for them um, so they can truly see what what it takes to win uh, what what shoes they'll have to fill for next year or years to come uh, for the new guys next year uh, but yeah ultimately it's just leading by example I think is the proper thing um, like I said we can bring up Io and what he's done and we can bring up Kofi and how big of an impact he was, but those guys aren't here. So I played with those guys. I can lead by example, or I can just talk about it and uh, not be about it. So leading by example is a huge piece.
1: Talking with Coleman Hawkins uh, here. And we do want to point out that this interview set up uh, by the Illini guardians, one of the leading NIL collectives in the country. Uh, if you're not familiar, the name image likeness that that allows student athletes uh, to, to get some money um, and, and it's something that, didn't happen, uh, you know, even just as recently as 18 months ago, a fairly new thing. And uh, certainly we're thankful for all the things the Guardians do. And you can go on their website and and take part and get involved in this, uh, IlliniGuardians.com. Coleman, I wanted to ask you kind of about that a little bit um, and and NIL and talk to us from a student perspective, student-athlete's perspective uh, of the difference that has made for you and even uh, some other student-athletes on campus or that you know around the country.
8: Yeah, I mean, it's a true blessing uh, to just be a part of, especially a fan base who's so passionate about their, their players. Um, I think Illinois has, has done a great job of people trying to reach out and support us and help uh, us student athletes. Um, but from, from an athlete's perspective, with, with the Champaign community, you know, for me, you know, NIL is great, but even just getting involved in the community, if I, uh, like, I, I did a thing with the YMCA. Um, like different, different stuff around the community is always fun to do, you know, meeting new people, you know, I, I, every time I make a connection with NIL, they know somebody on the other side of town that I've worked with who, you know, might've talked to them about, you know, uh, how nice I was to them. So just getting, getting into the community and really building a relationship with people, you know, who can help me out, uh, later on in life, um, you know, it's not always about the money, you know, it's great to be feel supported and get supported by uh, uh, people in the community, but it's also great to really build connections and, and really just be out there in the community, feel connected with everyone. And because they, you know, they're so supportive. Uh, It just means a lot to, for all the support and just building those bonds with those people. So,
2: so you, how much time does that take out of your, I mean, obviously you're in school, you got basketball, Do you have you tried to maybe do most of your NIL stuff in the off season or does it really like wear on you in season? Well, I think
8: I think it's kind of like I if I could, I would definitely. Uh, Luke, sorry, Luke's cooking. His fire alarm is going off. Um, <laughs> that sounds like Brad.
1: Yeah, you so, guys are student athletes. This is fantastic. <laughs> you are college students. You're human.
8: <laughs> Luke's trying to cook. Uh, he's almost burnt the apartment down about three times now. So. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, for uh, whoa,
2: wait, what were you we talking about again? I'm sorry. No, <laughs> it's just about how the how the nil oh, yeah. how, time commitment of nil yeah. and stuff like that.
8: So, so. I think it would be great to do it in the off season, but I think people's focus is like elsewhere. I don't think they're really focused on the NIL stuff right now, but like, I, I think for me personally, I think the NIL stuff has picked up like closer into the season, but um, everybody I've worked with has been very flexible of my schedule. Uh, I usually try to do it on a day off, uh, try to get in or, you know, practices in the morning. Uh, so I might stop by around two o'clock in the afternoon, stop by, uh, any kind of workspace for about an hour, do something here or there. Um, but really, uh, each, each organization or company I've worked with has been super flexible, uh, of my schedule. So I'm super grateful for that. So it's not really a time consuming thing. It's, it's, uh, really
1: flexible for me. So, We're talking with Illini Center Coleman Hawkins. A quick timeout and then more with Coleman on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Slow down,
5: they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go. Grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are. Wherever you're going. Whatever your mission is. We're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life. Our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org/slash-your-way.
1: Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions. Your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950. Find out why HX gets an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today: two two four eight eight zero six thousand. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions.
7: BigSportsRadio.com is a one-stop shop providing daily updates of your favorite Big Ten teams. Register today for free and get a chance to win weekly cash prizes. Details at BigSportsRadio.com.
1: Glad you're still with us for this game changer segment presented by OSF Healthcare. Let's continue now with Illini big man Coleman Hawkins.
3: So you know when we we hear about that Luke, you know had an injury, had surgery. So question we'd like to know. We don't want a medical prognosis from you, but how's Luke doing? How's his spirits? And then how can you get any studying done if every time he cooks he sets off every alarm in the
8: place? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, Luke's been doing well. I just heard him on the, phone, uh, on the phone talking to his mom. You can hear everything in our apartment. The walls are super. So heard him <laughs> on the phone with his mom uh, Sandy. He, he's doing well. Uh, you know, he's asking her how, how to cook this. Sa- he's asking her how to cook salmon, broccoli, and rice. Um, what? But <laughs> he, he told his mom he's doing well. He told me he's feeling great. Uh, there's no pain. Uh, he's just been rehabbing and uh, doing all this stuff. Uh, But his spirits are well. Uh, He's coming into practice, you know, talking like he normally does. But, um, yeah, I mean, other than him almost burning my apartment down multiple times, uh, you know, it's good to have Luke back around because he did go home to Fort Wayne, uh, you know, and I I can see why, you know, he got his surgery in Indianapolis, but he went home. Um, But, no, it's good to have Luke here. Um, He's a good friend of mine, roommate, too. So, yeah, it's good to have Luke back.
1: Look forward to having him return uh, very soon you know i, I want to ask you a question and if you don't mind because we're all men here um, there was so much talk um, last spring about you know possibly you may look to to leave um, and you you decided to stay um, you know to to whatever degree you're comfortable talk us through that that process if you were considering going elsewhere and 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 why you did decide to, to stay and become a leader on this year's team
8: yeah, um, I think a lot of people took, uh, there was a quote um, that was posted everywhere from uh, a media interview. I think a lot of people took it the wrong way. Um, and and as, a, as, a, as an athlete, you know, the transfer portal, as soon as that thing opens up, it's like that, you know. People are putting their names in. And my biggest thing was just seeing who we were going to bring in. You know, I I would never, I would never run from competition. Uh, if, if we brought in a guy in my position, you know, I will, I'm will. i open to play anywhere. You know, right now I'm playing a five. Um, Dane Deja is also a five. You know, I'm playing the five right now, but that doesn't mean I can't play the four, the three, the two. I can play whatever position. My biggest thing was just seeing who we were going to bring in. You know, if we are bringing in a, a fifth-year senior guy, uh who, who's like me um you know they're not going to be a fifth year senior guy to sit on the bench and wave a towel and watch me play you know you know they they're, they're going to be there playing um i wanted to see what kind of roster we had um you know if it was going to be kind of like the same exact roster we had um previous years uh the the play style um what what the roster and the play style was going to look like um, and and ultimately that was my decision in my heart was stay with Illinois. It was, it was never, you know, I, you know, I'm out of here for sure. If that was the case, I would have been out of there right after the season. I just wanted to see where our, what our roster was going to be like and what kind of play style we're going to play with because the play style we play with now is what I was looking for. And I'm right here. You know, I, I wasn't worried about who they're going to bring in. You know, I wasn't worried about uh, anything like that. You know, if if I was scared of competition, I would transfer freshman year uh, because we brought back the exact same team, almost. Uh, you know, after my freshman year. So,
2: so uh, for, I see this team. I see their length, athleticism. I think they can be great defensively. I see this team on the offensive end. You've got so much versatility. You got guys who can shoot the ball. You can space the floor. You've got guys who can do different things. Are we going to be better on offense? Or are we going to be better on defense? Coleman, you're on the spot.
8: Um, I think we're going to have to be better on defense. Um, I think our offense will come. Uh, I think we're we're definitely going to have to be better on defense uh, if we want to be especially good in the Big Ten. Uh, offense will definitely come, but uh, I, I think if people just have a hard time scoring against us, especially big men, uh, I, I think we're going to be a lot of trouble. Um, I think Ty could guard the ball well. Terrence could guard the ball well. I think I could guard the ball well. Matt. Uh, is great in passing lanes. Um, I, I think I think we'll we'll definitely be better on defense once we start clicking and and getting to scouting reports and really locking in on that detail, limiting mistakes. I think we're going to be very good off uh, defensively. So,
3: so you you've talked about you know maturity of leading the team. Um, what is it going to be like the first time you get one of those zany? fouls that you don't touch anybody, um, but yet the guy's pointing right at you. Um, are it, it, In practice, does Coach call just really weird fouls just to test you out and see if see how you're going to do under that pressure?
8: Yeah, in practice, you know, I, I might cuss a manager out here and there, my guys, and call a foul. Uh, but no, in the game, you know, I, I can't predict what kind of moment I'm going to be in um, I mean, obviously if it's, if it's a game changing call, you know, I might be upset, but I'm definitely going to have to try to control my emotions. Um, like I said, I can't predict, uh, you know, I might be too deep in the moment, might let something slip out, but, uh, and I'm just being real with you, uh, cause that's just the way I am. You know, I compete real hard and I, lo- I don't like to lose. I love to win. So I, I, you know, I can't, I can't predict but I'll definitely say I'm gonna try my best to try to control my emotions uh, and try to just show the guys to keep it cool and and if someone has a moment like that, just try to talk to them, calm them down, pull them aside, you know, stuff like that. Or uh, I've I've even had conversations with the ref at uh in the ref at the Kansas game and he told me I, I was one of his favorite players and if if I just went up and talked to him sometimes, you know, I, it would be a lot easier for me to get calls and. And just have mature conversations with refs. So maybe you might see me in the middle of the game, you know, with the, having a nice, friendly, mature conversation. And the next time down, but, you know, well, I, when I, when Sturdy
3: yeah. was in when Sturdy was in high school, what he would do, and I thought this was genius move, is he would have a roll of twenties, and he would go talk to a ref, <laughs> offer him a twenty, and then walk away. And he got a ton of calls. Never <laughs>
8: yeah,
2: never fell out. Never fouled that one time.
8: If uh, if a line like Guardians keeps helping me out, I might I might be. <laughs> and How you just tell
2: really? you tell
3: Coach Underwood that that was Sturdy's idea. All right, that's right. I will.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he he may not be so nice in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> just
2: blame it on Sturdy. Yeah, um, blame Sturdy. You know that's what they do here that's what they do here. That's
1: right. All the time. Um, You know, Coleman, the one thing that we've talked to for quite a while now, and the one thing you haven't talked about um, is your own personal future. And, and again, I think that I'm just guessing that that may again speak to the maturity. Um, You know, you're getting some, there is some buzz about there about you at the next level. Um, It's always been there. Um, I I think that, that scout and people who watch the game uh, respect and, and admire your uh, your versatility, but again, you've added to that, and and it appears become a more complete uh, player. Um, how gratifying is that for you to be in that position now that that you are being seen as one of the best players in the conference and perhaps even the country?
8: Yeah, it just excites me because um, just watching the draft last year, uh, I think it was twenty five or twenty six guys I've either played with or played against whether it's on my team at a, at a camp against them in high school, college. Um, so it's just motivating. Uh, you know, that's always been a dream of mine to get to that next level. Um, and, and I, j- I just see it as like a, a sign of respect. You know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of respect. Um, you know, people respect my game and, you know, some people could see it and be like, Oh, he averaged this amount of points and this and that, but they don't, they don't, understand like the impact um in which I can bring to the table um you know whether it's it, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet you know um and and I think a lot of the scouts are aware of that um a lot of people who really truly under understand the game are aware of that so I think it, it just it just feels like I'm, I'm, I'm more respected uh for the way I play so it, it, it means a lot to get that kind of notoriety be a, be out there and the media outlets to, to talk about me but um it, it just it, it means a lot uh but I honestly I do try not to uh you know let it get to my head as well so
2: is there an area that you you know when you look about playing at the next level or even just this season is there an area where you feel like this, this offseason has been productive for you as far as making a transformation improving a skill whatever it is
8: um, I think my three-point shooting. Uh, I think I, I, I've just gotten more comfortable. I think I've always been a three-point shooter. I just um, if you if you understood what what kind of I went through last year, you know, someone who goes from starting six minutes a game, whatever, you know, of course they're not going to shoot the ball well. Um, you know, the confidence isn't going to be there. But this year, I, I think uh, shooting the ball, um, I've been I've been shooting the ball well. Um, I've actually gained uh 15 pounds. Um I'm 230 now. the summer summer I was uh I was slacking in the summer. I, I went home, I was 220. came back, I was 215. You know, I was just playing basketball all day. Uh, but right now I'm 230. So getting my body right. Um, but this offseason, um I just everything physical. Um, and 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 you can never say, you know, you, your your game is finished. So any any part of my game I'm looking to expand it. Um, uh, get it better, polish it up. Uh, so, truly, uh, if we're being real, I feel like I've I've improved almost everywhere in in my in my game. So, you
3: know, that's one thing that Brad and I have never experienced. Where we go somewhere and we come back at a lighter weight. So, we've never had that happen to us. <laughs> um, <laughs> question for you: the new facility, practice facility with the weight room, with the training room. You know, the all the all the. The, the things that are there. What does that mean to you as a player on one of the premier teams in the country to have a practice facility that actually mirrors the reputation of the Illini?
8: Yeah, I, I, I think you hit it right there. I think we, we very much deserved a, a brand new facility. Uh, I think it, it, it's more of a homey feel as, as well. Like, uh, you know, you feel at home when you're there, you know, you don't want to leave, you know, I can go, Get a snack and just chill in the team lounge. You know, we got a hundred TVs around the facility. I can go and, and watch the football, some basketball. I can just go chill. Um, I can go get shots up. I can play video games. I can do this, that, go get treatment. Like you, it, it just makes you feel at home. Um, you don't want to leave, you know, you, you don't want to go in your apartment and sit in your bed all day. Um, and then a, from a recruiting uh, standpoint, you know, a recruit comes in and sees our facility. It's top-notch. You know, it, it means a lot as a recruit to see uh, you're getting recruited by a school who has a facility like that, and it makes you want to go there. Um, so, I, I, I think it means a lot. Um, and, and like you said, I, I, I think we're we've very much deserved uh, a brand new facility, and and it's only up from there too. So, I think there's going to be improvement all around. Not not only for us, but for the university, especially if the football team keeps playing well. Uh, Volleyball, everybody, golf, I think it's just going to bring the university up. So I'm excited for it.
1: The journey begins on Monday. Illinois hosting Eastern Illinois. 7 o'clock start uh, at uh, State Farm Center. And as Coleman just mentioned, so many great games coming up. The Illini will be tested, well tested in the non-conference slate and then, of course, here comes uh, the gamuts of uh, the Big Ten and the challenges that await there. Uh, Coleman, what an exciting time, as we talked before with uh, Coach Underwood. First time since 2006 that this team has been in the preseason, three consecutive years, preseason top 25. And that's a great testament to what all the players have done to your contributions to this program. And uh, we look forward to watching you uh, beginning on Monday night and throughout the season and to see you and the team progress and perhaps uh, – uh, have a very special night on a Monday night in Houston, sometime in early April.
8: Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys, man. It, it means a lot for you guys to reach out, get this opportunity, speak out. You know, um, I, I'm just thankful for you guys. Thanks for all the support.
1: Absolutely. Hey, it's Coleman Hawkins uh, there again, junior forward center as well for the Fighting I Again, number 23 in the nation. And um, what, a, what a fantastic uh, run this has been for Illinois basketball in recent years and then getting a chance to see uh, uh, some other programs follow suit as well. Lots of excitement right now in Champaign-Urbana. Coleman, thanks again. Much more to come after a timeout. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys radio
0: network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio.
1: Taking a look now around the Big Ten, the 2-H division powers continue on a collision course. Number two, Ohio State at Northwestern. Hey, folks, if you think Ryan Day's been running up the score on everyone this year, his Buckeyes might score 80 in Evanston if they if they put their minds to it.
2: Yeah, they, Iowa had like, Iowa scored 30-some. So if Iowa's scoring 30-plus points, Ohio State might score 100 just you know hopefully the northwestern might try and run clock in the first quarter to make sure they don't get to 100 so no no it's i don't know man it's uh they're, they're a juggernaut right now and even when they get you know they struggle at times like against penn state a little bit they they score 28 points in the fourth quarter and then just pull away at the end so it's really amazing what they're doing
3: they scored 28 points in under four minutes So if you figure that out, that 80 points Larry's talking about might be in the first quarter.
1: (laughs) Well, and we've seen Ryan Day, you know, against Iowa going for it on fourth and goal or fourth, uh, you know, fourth and and inches inside the 10 uh, up by four touchdowns. We've seen him throwing against uh, Wisconsin again up by four scores uh, in the fourth quarter. So, you know, just because they're punt.
2: Up, we've had a fake punt in the fourth quarter too.
1: Yeah. Just cause we're up 60 to seven in the fourth quarter. doesn't mean that, that the guys are coming out. they are still throwing, they're still going after it. Uh, number five, Michigan. And by the way, we'll use college football playoff rankings the rest of the way in case some of the numbers get confusing. Don't, don't do that. Uh, gets out of Ann Arbor after back-to-back big wins and, and back-to-back stadium tunnel fights to the safer <laughs> confines of Piscataway, New Jersey and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights.
2: Who goes to New Jersey for safety? <laughs> who knew Who knew that was a thing? No, I, I think uh, Michigan's just – they're also really good. I, I think they're a little bit underrated in in the sense that – from being talked about. I mean, they're undefeated. They're rolling, too. They've won a – you know, they've won all the games that have been put in front of them, very dominant. So, uh, you know, it's just setting up for that game, the game, um, at, at the uh, end of November with Ohio State.
3: Yeah, and Jim Harbaugh seems to – want to uh you know have a chip on the shoulder with his team he seems like he's gonna get that on there and i think he believes that the weakness of the buckeyes is their toughness and i think he wants to exploit it and we'll find out if uh the buckeyes have matured and maybe that won't be a weakness anymore
1: yeah this is a like you said a couple of good matchups here and um by the way remember we started the michigan season with two quarterbacks Uh, The young kid McCarthy uh, wins the job, and they've never looked back. No one has ever questioned anything about it, even though the guy he replaced, uh, McNamara, led them to their first-ever college football playoff appearance last year. Just a plethora of riches in Ann Arbor uh, for Jim Harbaugh and his staff. Uh, Number 16, Illinois, winning a combined seven games the last two seasons. They've already matched that, going for 8-1 and and retaining sole possession of first place in the West against Michigan State.
2: Yeah, Michigan State, of course, a depleted roster with eight guys out and suspended or, or more as we get there. And Illinois' is really playing well. They're just, they take care of business and they're getting things done. They smart, disciplined football, run the ball behind Chase Brown. Tommy DeVito seems to never throw an incomplete pass. Um, and and they just, and their defense is the number one defense in the country. So that's a recipe for Brett Bielema winning football games.
3: It's a little bit like watching the 2007 New York Giants. You know, they basically Eli didn't throw many interceptions in the playoffs. There are very few turnovers. The defense was excellent and the offense was good enough to outscore the other teams.
2: You've also got a, a really good game, um, I th- a really tough game for Penn State coming off that like emotional loss when it looked like they had a chance, you know, a week ago against the Buckeyes. Now they're going to Indiana, a team that's already beat Illinois. So I, I think that's a this is kind of a trap game for the Nittany Lions. Can they come up and, uh, you know, and, and take care of business in Indiana? Indiana is going to be fired up to to play that one, but I, I think the Nittany Lions just have too much talent for the Hoosiers.
3: Meanwhile, Iowa's at Purdue, and Iowa and Purdue both need this victory badly. Uh, it's going to be an offense versus defense. Iowa has a fantastic defense. Purdue's got a fantastic offense, and boy, the team that loses is going to be really hamstrung.
1: Meanwhile, the the best six and two team that nobody's talking about, Maryland, the Terrapins, are at Wisconsin. Uh, All all the Terps have done is go out and and play some good football. They've they've been the closest so far to try to beat uh, Michigan, played them well until late in the fourth quarter before the Wolverines uh, finally prevailed earlier. Uh, They're 0-3 all-time, Maryland is, against the Badgers, including last time they met back in 2017. Uh, They played up in Madison, and it was a 38-13 Badgers win. But uh, what a job Mike Loxley has done. He's uh, behind the three ranked teams and, of course, the two powers in Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, But Maryland, they get a win here, not just they make some school history with the victory over Wisconsin, but go to seven and two. And uh, it's unfortunate with those three teams and, of course, what Illinois is doing in the West that uh, they haven't gotten more uh, attention nationwide for
2: the season they're having. Yeah, Wisconsin, Jim Leonard fighting for his job. trying to keep that job, too. So big game for them as well. Uh, PJ Fleck to Minnesota. They're at Nebraska. And you got another coach. Trying to maybe find a find his job, or keep his job, you know, interim from the interim tag, or find a role in the new program at Nebraska. And I think PJ Fleck is uh, Minnesota's kind of fallen. They were really hyped early, and they were playing well, and they've kind of just slid back. You're kind of wondering where they went. And this is an important game, I think, for both these schools if they want to kind of uh, right the ship down the stretch because Minnesota's gonna still got a chance to win some games, get to a nice bowl game if they can take care of business.
1: No question. That's a look around the big 10 fellas. As you look at this slate of games this weekend, any upset special stand out to you or is it going to be status quo?
2: I'll be honest. The game I see um, is uh, I think Iowa may beat Purdue. I I love Iowa's defense. I think they have an elite defense and they're getting a little better offensively and Purdue's not very good on defense. So I think it's a combination where even though it's at Purdue, I feel like Iowa's just, they're a team that finds a way to win these types of games. And I think that's a, That's my kind of possible upset there.
3: Yeah, I got to go with that as well, because Farron's just, there's a reason why he's been so successful over 20 years. And this is the type of game that a successful coach and a successful program win. And so I'm not betting against him.
1: Wouldn't that be something in the West? Purdue going to Illinois next week. Right now, they're the only team that's within a game of the Illini atop the West Division. If this plays out the way you guys think that it might Iowa beating the Boilermakers, they would then have three losses in Illinois, effectively a two game lead atop the West division as their uh, just stupendous season continues. I mean, it's just, it's just shocking what's uh, happening in Champaign this year. All right, stay with us much more to come after a quick timeout. You're tuned in to the sports spectacular on the Illini guys
0: radio network,
9: a tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth, since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC.
1: Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athletes stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. It's well known that coaches love qualifying for bowl games, not so much for the games and the pomp and circumstance around them, although that's nice, but because now they get an extra six weeks of practice officially to develop your players for next season. Well, for only the third time in the past decade, Illinois gets that extra time having qualified for a bowl at seven and one Entering November, Coach Brett Bielema already has a plan in place. He talked about that in his weekly news conference ahead of Saturday's home date with Michigan State.
10: You know, I give a lot of credit to uh, our strength and conditioning department. Um, Tank and I sat down uh, before the season, before the summer even started, and uh, made a a pretty, I think, big decision to really increase the running, um, the overall conditioning speed. Uh, Our players talked about it all summer, every time I got around them. Uh, Mr. Spoon being one of the points, like, Coach, this is getting a little bit silly. You got to have a talk with Coach right? Um, and I distinctly remember that day, and I think about the rewards of that now. Uh, Tank and I meet on a weekly basis. Uh, kind of a fun day today. Uh, actually, yesterday on Sunday, we started an eight week uh, conditioning phase for a development roster. Uh, that, uh, you know, the summer is usually when you have your most gains. So, one of the things we do in our program is we actually have two summers. The other one starts in January. It's a little bit different, right? They go through an eight week training program before we start. Um, before we start spring ball, but this year because we're afforded the luxury of playing in postseason competition, uh, we added a third summer into our calendar, so we start uh, we started yesterday with an eight-week training program that takes our focus on our Devo guys, on, on, on a, a heavy emphasis on developmental lifts on Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, it's specifically after our, our two practice days on Tuesday and Wednesday, so they can really focus on physical development in the weight room. We might ask guys to add 15 pounds, we might ask guys to lose 5 pounds or 15 pounds, um, so I think that has a big part of it, what we did during the course of the summer and then just the way our guys prepare uh, and the way they take care of themselves. One of our last uh, uh, things when we walk out the door, we talk to them about a variety of different things. But um, you know they have to basically uh, put the team first walking out the door. So it's the last thing we talk about when they come in the building is put the team first. It's the first thing we talk about when they leave the building. Um, and by that, it may mean um, you know, that if you're a guy that's had hydration issues, you need to hydrate more. Uh, during the evening and before the building, before you walk in on on Tuesday morning's practice tomorrow. Um, It may mean that you may get two more hours of sleep rather than two more hours of game, uh, you know, video games in the evening. Um, I think our guys are wired into what we do today not only affects what we do on Saturday against Michigan State, but hopefully uh, will have the same effect when we play Michigan and Northwestern at the end of the year. So uh, a huge awareness factor by our guys, uh, uh, I think, to take better care of themselves because they're playing well in the second half for sure. Coach,
8: when you get a comfortable lead, you've been able to Kill the clock on the opponents. Is there a point in the game where you have that conversation with Coach Lenny and, and give him your guidance on, on maybe slowing things down a little bit and, and running some clock?
10: Um, well, it comes up in every game when you're ahead, right? Like, uh, you know, I watched uh, I watched the game on a full Thursday night with a, a very good friend of mine, Dave Dorns, the head coach at NC State, and I, I flipped on the game, and uh, I believe the game might have been 21 3 or something like that at the time, and uh, they came back and won a 22 21. Uh, there's a saying that I preach about all the time to our players, right? More games are lost than won, and and uh, I think for me as a coach, I've learned early on in my career that uh, there's a lot of times where games could be um, won, but instead they're lost from critical errors, coaching mistakes, uh, game management, um, and I, I really think that uh, for me, I, I would say at, you know in this game in particular, after we got a 14-point lead, I felt fairly comfortable that they weren't going to get two scores on our defense, so. Uh, we may talk, uh, you know, in generalities about slowing down the clock. Um, Barry is so intent and so di- directional in his uh, play calling and his management of the clock. We've seen that all year. Uh, Tommy's really been become engaged with it. I did have Tommy in a meeting yesterday, and I said, "Listen, you know, at some point you went 20 to 22. You set an, end time, an all-time NCAA record uh, in Memorial Stadium for completion percentages. And uh, I know it could get frustrating, but what we need to do in the winning that game was just." To make sure that we didn't give them a freebie, give them something that when our defense wasn't on the field. Uh, so the the recipe against Nebraska might be totally different than it will be against uh, a future opponent or what has been in the past. Um, there probably are some similarities between uh, the way this game ended and kind of the Minnesota game. I felt that the Minnesota game, once we were up a couple scores, I really didn't feel that that our defense was going to uh, um, allow them to do that. And we we, we manipulated our offense that way. So uh, every game is a little bit different. We, we're you know, statistically where we are offensively, I, I, one stat jumped out to me, Brett shared with me that uh, a year ago we were like 124th in completion percentage in the country. Um, this week we're number one in the country. I mean, that's 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 124 spots, right? Like, that doesn't just happen by chance. That's deliberate.
1: And with that, that was head coach Brett Bielema. Let's bring in com football writer and analyst Matt Stevens. Matt, let's talk about uh, the CFP, college football playoff. Um, <laughs> just It's just a you know, shows you just how um, poorly this program has performed in the past uh, several years. First time ever that Illinois has appeared in the CFP rankings. Yeah. And
11: I, I thought, you know, I actually thought Illinois was going to get ranked lower than they were simply because of the loss that they have on their resume and the lack of quality wins. But it turns out, you know, they have, they're analytically, they're, they're actually really, really hot, high, highly ranked. And, you know, over the course of the next month, guys, you're going to see in these weekly shows that are now going to mean nothing for Illinois. I would pass this one. Um, you're, going to, you're going to hear a stat that's called game control. And the fact that Illinois has only given up 17 second half points and seven fourth quarter points this year means they've been up in a whole bunch of games during this six game winning streak. And game control is, is, is I think, they're 12th in the country right now in that and higher than Clemson, higher than Oregon, higher than. Uh, higher i think than uh, lSU so there are a lot of teams that are actually ranked higher than them right now but once they still once they suffer a loss if illinois can continue to keep this rolling they're going to continue to um, you know go up and up in those rankings and, and they could find a way into a new year six six bowl based off of how they're ranked in the CFP if they keep this rolling past you know Michigan state and purdue and maybe even Michigan
2: why why stop there matt? they might as well just keep going yeah. win the big 10 championship <laughs> and be in the college football playoff. Why sell short? Just go, hey, Andy, go bigger. Hey, Andy, Sta-
11: Andy Staples in the athletic has Illinois as one of the three possible big 10 teams that could make the playoffs still. So we're in the first week of November and Illinois could still win a national championship in football. So we're doing, we're doing just fine, Brad. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, you know, have, have not have big dreams here, bud.
2: Yeah. I, am I that that's crazy, though, how far we've come to where we're like in November and we're literally talking about Illinois in the Big Ten championship and in the college football playoff a New Year's Day bowls, whatever you want to say. It's really astonishing what they've done in year two of Brett Bielema.
11: Yeah, trust me, Brad, it's 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 nice in Florida on New Year's Day. I, I can experience <laughs> I've experienced it before and I'd like to I'd like to again and thank to God for Brett Bielema and this Illinois football team for making that possible for me.
3: Well, and, and the interesting thing is, of course, you know, here they're going into a game against a team that was ranked 15th in the country at the, the initial poll. And now all of a sudden Michigan state has their back against the wall. Are they going to be motivated Matt to try to knock off this Illinois team?
11: I think there's a lot of stuff going on beyond football right now that Michigan state has to deal with and, I'm not exactly sure, you know, what kind of team and what kind of uh, mentality and what kind of, uh, you know, mindset they're going to be bringing to Champaign. So I think that's a really big task for Mel Tucker's group. And, you know, quoting Ferris Bueller, life, life, life comes at you fast. And, it, you know, if you don't stick around and, and look around, you might miss it. Well, it's coming out fast for Michigan State now because they got a guy who's got a 90 million dollar guaranteed contract and he's on a four game losing streak. And, it's not looking great in, in Spartyville right now.
1: Kind of scary that Michigan state having the kind of season that Illinois football usually has when their first two games and then lose five of the next six or whatever. So um, that's what we've been used to, unfortunately on the planes. And yet here it is uh, Illinois, right? Right. High, seven and seven to one, I got to ask you one hypothetical question. And I'm really quick. I'm, sure. I'm getting out of time here. Um, if, to me, if Illinois runs the table, they've got to be one of the teams strongly considered if not in the college football playoff, because really only them, Tennessee and maybe Ohio state would have multiple wins over top five teams.
11: Yeah. Let's, I mean, honest to God, let's not do the whole, like, I I mean, the only, the only rankings that matter of the Sunday after the championship games, fellas, here's the problem with Illinois resume. It's going to be the problem the whole year. I have not seen a team get into the top four with a loss like Illinois has against Indiana. Indiana is going to go three and nine fellas. And that's going to continue to be the anchor that drags them down. They're going to have to get some superior wins, and the only chances they're going to probably have to get that are at Michigan in the regular season and then Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. So can that offset what's going to be a really, really ugly loss in the second week of the season in Bloomington, Indiana?
1: Fair point. We will leave it there. Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com, thanks so much. We will talk with Matt again uh, next week, as we always do. By the way, be sure to go on IlliniGuys.com and check all of his pregame and postgame reporting analysis there it is a big big part of the site and by the way if you're not uh seven day free trial is right there come in try it out test drive us and uh, we think you like what you see Speaking of the Michigan State Spartans, uh, we'll look at all of their problems and issues and how they can try to right the ship Saturday at Memorial Stadium. That's next on the Sports Spectacular.
7: Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to Update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation. 303 957 3092. That's Neon Rain at 303 957 3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com.
10: It's ridiculous over here in Illinois. It really is.
12: How
7: much worse does it have to
4: get?
10: It's a double whammy for motorists. The highest gas prices that we have seen at the
4: pump in over seven years.
3: How much longer will you play the fool?
4: The only thing Illinois is
9: doing is delaying a gas tax increase and calling that a tax cut.
4: How much more of Pritzker can you afford? The taxes can be changed at any moment.
3: How much worse does it have to get before you make a change? Paid for by people who play by
4: the rules pack.
5: When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries, when and where you need it. Walk in for care, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. Even on holidays, 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit.
1: This is Jack Trudeau, the all-time leading passer for the Illinois Fighting Illini, here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Michigan State heads into Illinois' Memorial Stadium Saturday afternoon, battered, bruised, and shorthanded. Eight players suspended indefinitely after that bizarre postgame scuffle last week after their loss to rival Michigan, uh, Matt Charbonneau, the Detroit News, was in the tunnel where it happened, and Mike, ask him about it on this week's Eye on the Illini podcast.
9: You know, I, I don't think we're all naive enough to believe those two Michigan players were just minding their own business walking up the tunnel. That's, come on. That said, what we've seen, what I saw personally, what we've seen on other videos is, is just unacceptable. I mean, one guy's hitting a guy with a helmet. I mean, that's uh, that's, 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 that's assault, right? I yeah. mean, I don't know again, I don't know what happened right before that, Right. but that's not, that's never where you end up. And the, the big group of guys beating up the other guy on the ground, which was happening right in front of me, um, that, that stuff is unacceptable. So you can't, it's like, you can have two wrongs, right? I mean, exactly. Michigan, Michigan's culture can be a little bit bad right now and you could blame those guys for running up there. You can also blame the Michigan state guys for the way they acted. So all all in all, it was a bad scene, um, and that that tunnel at Michigan, it's I know it's getting a lot of attention. And James Franklin brought it up two weeks ago, saying something has to change. And of course, Harbaugh said he was being a baby, um, <laughs> but it, he's not wrong. I mean, it, it is a long, narrow tunnel. It's right. narrower than most. The the locker rooms are right across the hall of tunnel from each other. Um, that said, a lot of places have one tunnel. Michigan State has one tunnel, and I don't. And any in my time there. I've been covering them 13 years, but being around goes way back. I don't recall there being an issue in a tunnel. I don't, re- I don't remember hearing a lot of other Big Ten schools having these issues in the tunnel. You know, some of them have more than one tunnel, but it's it's happening at one place now. It, do they change the way it's set up? I don't know. Could you have better security? You definitely could have better security. I mean, I watched security guys and and policemen standing and watching those things happen, which was kind of remarkable. So, I mean, I think at the very least they need to look at how that whole thing's being operated there, especially in a game like that, especially when Ohio State's in town. It's just – there's just so much, you know, animosity and and all that stuff right now. It's just having all those players together that close is is a recipe for disaster. So, it it all kind of went into a pot there and, and, and became an absolute mess. And there's nobody that's blameless. And that one. You can't look at one, you know, one
1: team or the other and say it's your fault. You can hear that entire interview, including Tom Izzo getting called for a technical in an exhibition game? What? A few days ago? The Eye on the Illini podcast lives on the front page of IlliniGuys.com or wherever you find your podcast. More Big Ten football news after this. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by
0: IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back
1: to the studio. The Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com, continues now with three very special guests, Alex Palcheski, Jamal Woods, and Alex Pilstrom uh, of the Illini football team, all teaming up with Illini Guardians for a special project this fall. Guys, welcome to the show. I, I want to start with with this season that you're having. How cool is it to find yourselves as the talk of the town, ranked in the top 25, and, and being one of the teams everyone around the country is talking about?
13: You know, it's wild. Like The one thing, like we all came in that 2017 recruiting class. And like, there's not a there's not a lot of us left, but it's it's just awesome to see the change that's just happening on this program, and just how much like winning is going on. But just just everything around us is just kind of going well.
12: It's so, kinda going off, oh, kind of going off what pacho was saying, you know, we've been here six years, and uh, you know, we've seen the worst of the worst, and now you know we're we're finally able to experience you know what it's like winning, and uh, like I can tell you, it's great. <laughs>
14: It's also the vibe on campus, like you absolutely just feel the energy with it. And that's something that we've kind of never seen before. So it's actually it's actually so amazing to see.
3: Yeah, you guys are too young. You know, back when Larry and I were roughly your age, the Illinois was doing the same thing. We had a ranked football team, a ranked basketball team, and it was fantastic. When Coach B first got into place and he sat down across from you and talk to you about what he wanted to build here. Did you think that it would be built so quickly? And did you think you guys would be the foundation of what was being built?
13: I mean, when, when he first sat down, like I, I didn't really know too much about him, but doing a quick, a quick search for him, I was just able to see just his history and how much he's been able to do. And the one thing that he's brought is like, he knows how to win. You know, he's been, obviously Wisconsin, obviously Iowa, he, uh, he knows how to win. But the thing that just sold me was how much in a position he put the players to succeed, the people that he brings in, and truly really everything he does is to, to put us, to give us a chance to win and succeed and further our careers. And that's the biggest thing that he's brought for me.
12: Yeah, Coach B, uh, you know, the God knows football. Uh I remember the first time we was on the phone, he it was the first thing he just wanted to talk about, you know, uh just just the culture that he's trying to bring to the program. And um, you know, I like Pacho said, you know, I had to do some quick research on him too. Um called a couple former teammates, old coaches. They was like, hey, this is the guy. This is the guy that's gonna get you in the spot that you guys wanna be in.
14: I think the first thing, uh the first meeting we had with him too, I think something that really stood out to me was he, he brought everybody that was in the, in the room last year. And he said, I want everybody in this room. Uh, if you have eligibility left, I want everybody to come back. And I think that just speaks volumes to uh, what he believes about this program and what he thinks. So he, obviously he watched film on us and just the belief that we had something special here and that uh, especially us guys being 2017, just to continue it. Uh, something special it was really, uh, really just amazing to see.
1: You know, it was fun last year, even, with, I know only five and seven. And he said immediately after the Northwestern win, this is great, but I didn't come here to, to go five and seven. But I think too, you know, you guys, again, everyone talks about the Virginia game as, as the kind of the, you know, the point where things kind of changed and um, you know, yeah, lost seven games, but there are three or four games. It was just literally the ball bounced one way. And those games could have gone the other way. We mentioned, we, one thing we've talked about here on the show and Sidney Brown echoed this after last week's win, saying, "You know, we now know how to win." And it is would that be fair to say that that before uh, a win was a surprise? Hey, we we got to win, great. Now it's expected. Um, and I think that seems like that culture change has really uh, been a big catalyst in this. Would you say that's fair?
14: Yeah, I think we learned just how uh, more football games are lost than won. I think that was something that uh, really important that he preached on. Something that we. The past couple of years that we didn't really understand, I think, and especially last year, like you said, the ball the ball bounced it could have bounced a different way. Uh, but we we take full responsibility of that, and we just we're a couple plays away. But you know, everybody sees the five and seven. But just this year, finishing games like like we're meant to, and uh, Coach B really harped on that, that this off season, just kind of finishing finishing because we were there last year. We just have to finish games. So now
3: with opportunities to help around the community um, and folding that in with the Illini Guardians and the name image likeness, what have you guys been doing to help out? And we've heard a little bit about this food drive, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners would love to know more about it and, and how you guys are able to help people in the community.
13: Yeah. So the offensive and defensive line, you know, there's nine of us. We went over, we went over to a uh, St. Matt's over here in Champaign and with the fourth through eighth graders, we kind of made a little competition out of it, but we just had a, a canned food drive where all of the food would end up going to the Eastern Illinois food bank. And you know, the Eastern Illinois food bank, I mean, it serves almost all of central Illinois for helping get, uh, just getting people who need food, just getting, getting food to them. But, uh, it was extremely awesome to be able to see these kids get excited about it. And, I mean, it went over throughout a three-week time cycle. But at the end, just to see the amount of, the amount of food that there was. You know, we filled up almost an entire truck. <laughs> but it was, it was awesome to see just all these kids be excited about it. And afterwards, we were, all, we were able to have them all over to Memorial Stadium to watch a practice and get to meet, to meet and talk to them for a little bit afterwards. But it was just a it was a great event.
12: Like Pacho was saying, you know, like the event, it was, it was spectacular. I've never been a part of something like that. And just to see the assignments on the the kids' faces, you know, um, they was, they was very excited to do what they was doing. They knew the reasoning behind it and just for us to come to them as role models, for somebody that they look up to and just to help out families that need food. And, you know, it was just a great moment for all of us.
14: I think something that made it special too is we had a day in the summer where each position group did a, community service project and fortunately the offensive line got to go to the actual warehouse for the food bank and we got to pack food and just to see how much, how much food, the food drive will make a difference in there. It was really special to see.
3: So we know that at this time of year, the holidays, um, everybody, you know, the, this is when these guys need the most help and stuff. So we really appreciate you guys going ahead and, and kind of making um, some awareness on this. Um, did you ha- did you have the opportunity um, when you were working to talk to any of the people at the at the food drive and any of the individuals and and get any you know any type of insight into just how much people were in need and and what you guys were doing, how much it really helped.
13: Yeah, so that that was a whole thing that was was awesome. Before we started this, uh, a couple two representatives from the Eastern Illinois Food Bank were able to come to uh, come to our facility and just kind of give us a presentation. And uh, the one thing that like I kind of took out of it, and like I think a lot of these kids were able to get out of it, is that's like people who like need food. It's not like they're like some like aliens. Like they they're our neighbors, they're next door neighbors. There there's people, there's kids around the classroom, you know, and you never know who is needs food and who, who's who's struggling to get it but I mean just being able to help help out those around us was the biggest thing that I think these kids were able to learn and just for us to all help a good cause.
12: With um, Amanda she said it was like maybe the largest largest donation that she ever seen you know um, coming through the East Illinois Food Bank and uh, you know that was just spectacular to hear like you know, there's thousands of families that's in the surrounding community that's in well need of the food, and just for the kids to, you know, to be able to raise those, raise the money and get the cans in for those families,
14: You know, it was just a blessing. It it was funny because it wasn't even just food. I I know one of the teachers told us that one kid set up a GoFundMe, so yeah. <laughs> and that was pretty funny to hear. Just uh, just how much they cared, and, and I know another. Uh, three or four students made a lemonade stand, and they they raised a lot of money for it. So just to see that and how excited they were it was, uh, it was absolutely incredible.
1: That's so awesome, and I will tell you, it's great to hear you guys um, talk about. You know, look, this is nil deal, and and we know that, and that's fantastic. But it sounds like this is was much more fulfilling uh, for you guys. A lot of Guardians were behind this. I know they they helped put this together. Um, can you talk just for a moment before we let you go about um, and each one of you talk about. What name image likeness means to you? As you mentioned, you got on campus in 2017, so you've been here for several years under the old system that's been tried and true for all these years, and now we're in year number two of NIL. Um, What does that mean to each one of you to have that opportunity to make a few dollars, but also have a situation where you can really make an impact in the community?
12: i say it gives you a chance to, to be you you know, um, back in the days, uh, he wasn't able to make money off, you know, the stuff that you used to do, or, you know, he wasn't able to contribute, I guess, your, your personality to the world without, you know, getting in trouble for it. But like now, um, in today's time, you know, you got guys who, who's, who's making clothing lines or, um, you know, just doing anything. And, um, even though it's not all about the money, you know, you got like what we do with the community. Uh, you know, that's that's a blessing. You know, uh, it's always b- blessings just to be able to do anything and not be able. You know, what I want to say, uh, it's blessings to to be able to go out there and help the community and everything, and and just to make money for yourself and um for your personality. I, I was just gonna
14: say, I'll, I'll shout out Taylon. Just uh, yeah. what makes it makes it so special, like. He he put together he's able to put together a kids camp that is completely free, but he's able to show like how special like and how how big we can be in the community and just what what we mean to the community and people to look up to. And I just think uh, that's that's obviously it's nice to make a couple extra dollars, but just to able to be able to kind of market ourselves not only for money, but just who we are and who we are as people and just sure. i think that's really special about nil
13: i can't say the same thing sorry uh it just kind of gets people a chance to kind of know us more you know like normally it's jamal woods a football player alex pilsen the football player that just kind of gets to put ourselves out there a little bit more you know I, i'm alex balcheski i'm just a i'm a Pollock from the suburbs of chicago um <laughs> but, but it's just getting getting to know uh Ourselves out there a little bit more and just build connections to help take advantage of the platforms that we have.
1: Aljo <laughs> 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 always with a laugh, man. He's a he's a veteran, and uh, these guys, all three of you guys, are such a, a big part not just of the team and and the campus, but again, spreading out and and, and integrating even more in the fabric of the community. And again, this was uh, put together by Alani Guardians. So many of you wonder what Alani Guardians are all about. This is what they're doing, and it's things like this that's a reason why they're one of the leading nil uh collectives around the country. If you want to get involved, certainly you can do that. Go to alani-guardians.com. And uh by the way, we should say if you give a few extra dollars, you get a free membership to alani-guys.com and uh, you get all the good stuff from guys like Mike and Brad who do so much great work for us. All right, Alex palcheski Jamal Woods, Alex Pilstrom, great to have you guys on the show. Uh rooting for you this weekend against the Spartans and all the way down. Uh let's uh let's 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 just, you know, let's just Go on and win out and, uh, and get a win in Indy and, and go on to the CFP. What do you think?
12: Let's get it. We absolutely. Let's one week at a time, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> <That's
5: happening. laughs>
1: Fellas, uh, thanks again. And uh, good to have Alex, Alex, and Jamal here. And again, um, the Eastern Illinois Food Bank um, benefiting from their good work and um, appreciate all the kids over at St. Matt's uh, helping as well. Stay with us. This is the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Well, she's the Alani gal who has a big smile on her face because the season is finally here. Adalia McKenzie joining us here on the Sports Spectacular. Hey, Adalia, we've been talking all summer, all fall, and finally it's here. What's the vibe like on the team knowing that, um, uh, that the season's about to tip off?
15: Yeah, everyone's excited. Like, we've been talking about it and working so hard. So, just ready to just go out there and play hard.
2: Even though it's an exhibition, it's a chance to play against somebody else. And I know you guys had the secret scrimmage against Notre Dame as well, but um, is it kind of cool to be, get to be in the, in the state farm center playing against an opponent, even if it's not official, how, how, how cool is it to just be able to take out all the aggression on the opponent? <laughs> on from-
15: yeah, it's, it feels good knowing that we get to like play someone else. And I kind of see it as a real game. Like I, feel like it counts, you know, because, like, it's just been so long. It's like, it's the real deal. So it's really exciting to just know about to go out and play a State from game.
3: Yeah, and when you go out there, um, what kind of goals are you going to have for yourself? Because this really, even though it doesn't count, it's the start of the season. This sets the tone.
5: Mm,
15: yeah. Um, some goals that I have for myself, I would say, like, be an energy giver on the floor throughout the whole game and be consistent with that. Cause you know, cause you know, like things don't always go well throughout the game and when stuff may not go well, I want to be that person to bring energy and just give it all. But I've been having this like goal, like averaging seven rebounds. I don't know why, but I just want boards. Like rebounds are just big for me. So I just want to get seven rebounds. (laughs) Cool. That's
1: good. Good. Did you, did you warn Kendall Bostic to be, to get out of your way, to be, to be aware? You're bringing the elbows?
15: <laughs> I didn't, but I have to let her know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kendall, if you, uh, our listeners don't remember, uh, the top rebounder, I believe in the entire Big Ten last year. I mm-hmm. know she led the Illini, mm-hmm. and I think she led the conference as well. Uh, what's Coach Green and the staff in like now that you're getting closer? Can you sense that they're uh, getting excited, maybe a little more uh, intense, a little more focused as you get closer to tip off?
15: Yeah, I will say the focus is pretty much the same. The intensity has like gotten ranked up a bit and they're excited as well. And I know Coach Green always talked about, like, we haven't arrived. We're not respected yet, so we have to go in their approach for, like, doing what we do and basically kind of, like, proving ourselves right, you know?
2: Yeah, so obviously, you know, exhibition, but then a real game. And, And I think that you guys, you know, some of these early games, it's trying to feel things out. When is the, and and obviously you're going game to game, but when is this like, when's it click like that we got to really be ready to go at this, by this date? I mean, obviously, you know, it's first game, but we know that when we hit here, we've got to be all, you know, full 100% going and have everything installed and ready to go.
15: Yeah, um, honestly, like from the jump, like we talked about, we want to be there, like, you know, like first official game. But honestly, I will say, December I think like once we get that like the November out the way that's the first month with all these games I feel like when December starts when we start playing those conference games I feel like that's where we have to be all in and locked in and, like fully put everything together.
3: I was going to ask you how you feel on the conditioning a couple of the basketball men said that that took them a while to get their legs underneath them I wonder how you feel about where you're at and where your team's at.
15: Yeah, conditioning-wise, like, I feel well. We actually did a lot of conditioning this summer, way more than last year. And I hate conditioning because just like, you know, who likes to run? But I also (laughs) love it because I know it's preparing us all. So we all, like, can run well and, like, for a long period of time. Like, I feel like we have that good stamina.
1: It'll pay off for you uh mike's been running for pizza for 40 years so uh so yeah he can tell you i believe
3: food. in the theory of immobility <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right we will leave it there adalia uh hey good luck on friday and again next week and we'll talk to you uh talk to you very soon thank you Adalia McKenzie. she's the alani gal here on the sports spectacular exhibition friday night versus quincy followed by the regular season opener versus long island next wednesday night on november 9th both at state farm center rooting for uh, her and all the Illini, Coach Green, the entire staff. Uh, it's an exciting beginning for the women's basketball program at Illinois. Keep it here. More top stories next on the Sports Spectacular powered by IlliniGuys.com.
6: At Bucy Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. Bucy Bank, Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC.
9: This is Jeff Alexander,
1: assistant basketball coach for the Fighting Illini. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Just a whole mix of bizarre stories this week. Uh, Just when you think the expansion thing has gone crazy, reports from several outlets about gonzaga talking to the big 12 about joining the power five conference and uh what are the basketball you know what are the better basketball conferences in the country
2: yeah very interesting um i i, I don't know how it, it it fits i i don't know i guess gonzaga i think they're gonna you'll see the big 12 add some of those uh pac-12 schools that are in the middle though eventually and maybe gonzaga just makes their basketball uh Conference that much better. You know, Gonzaga and Kansas, pretty good basketball conference.
3: Yeah, I think Gonzaga, though, really has to look at the risks here because when they're in a real conference where they play real teams, um, you know, Nebraska and Penn State, if you take a look at what their records were before they got into the Big 10, um, it's not a cakewalk. And I don't think Big 12 basketball would be a real cakewalk, no matter what team you are.
2: Mike, where did Nebraska come from before they came to the Big 10? Were they was
3: it Big Twelve back in those
2: days? Yeah,
3: but they didn't. They could, but they couldn't play basketball, right?
2: <laughs> they were bad at that conference. Too, yeah, they were so. bad at that anyway. You know.
1: <laughs> wow! Wow! Uh, well, staying with the uh, the Big Twelve, uh, how about? And by the way, you're right, uh, Gonzaga. It's one thing to play a few games uh, early season, but to play this caliber, yep. the entire season. Um, it's not the West Coast Conference. With all due respect to everyone uh, involved, but um, okay, staying with the Big Twelve the defending champion, Kansas Jayhawks with the self-imposed suspension of self, uh, four games. And guys, it seems to be just the tip of the iceberg. Um, with that, uh, IARP probe still going, there could be much more to come with this. Um, but self going to sit out the first four games.
2: I think they're running the investigation, hoping that everyone's dead before they actually dole out any punishments at the pace they're going. I mean, You know, it's insane how slowly this is moving. But Kansas is trying to be proactive. They're going to suspend Self and Curtis Townsend for four games. It doesn't matter. They're going to play four preseason games before they go to the Battle of Atlantis or whatever it is. And, you know, it it is and it's not going to have any impact, but it looks like they're doing what they're they're showing that they really care about following the rules at Kansas. Reality is it's just a slap on the wrist and they're going to act like they know and the real punishment will come at the end of the year
3: yeah th- this investigation has been going on since kansas was a territory so i'm not thinking i'm not thinking that it's ever going to end i think if you go watch early episodes of star trek captain kirk talks about what's going to happen with Bell self and the kansas basketball program <laughs>
2: John Brown's there right now. I, 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 John Brown's still there. So,
1: oh. Oh, goodness
2: gracious. Oh.
1: Gail Sayers was playing football back when uh, when this thing began. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's been forever. I mean, I, I think some of the players involved back then are fathers now. I mean, I'm, I'm – so, uh, Grandfathers, yeah, great fathers. grandfathers. Yeah, we'll watch Six. him down, uh, in Lawrence, uh, whatever that yeah, – but you're right, it's going to be a while longer. Uh, another kind of a crazy story, uh, Bill Walton, of course, the UCLA legend, um, woke up and realized that, uh, UCLA is now in the big 10 and he doesn't
2: like it. <laughs> Bill, usually a little slow on the uptake there. He's like, you know, he's killed a lot of brain cells over the years. Right. So, you know, it's just kind of, he's just kind of chilling out there and is, uh, in, out in the West coast. And he's like, dude, we're like joining the big 10. So, uh, no, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because he's working for ESPN. So he didn't know because they don't have any TV rights in the big 10. So there you go. Maybe he just didn't follow that.
3: And maybe the PAC 12 has the, the trademark on conference of champions and he can't repeat that 73 times during a broadcast. So that, you know, it's just, it is what it is. I, I think it's nice that, um, you know, he cares that much. Um, but I'm just not certain now with his brand, you know, that anybody really notices that he's that upset about it.
1: Well, and he played at a time when they beat everybody in the Pac-10 and he knows UCLA is not going to beat everybody in the Big Ten. So. No. Um, yeah. A little tougher competition. Now, we love Bill. We like to just to bust on him, but uh, that was an interesting story. Um, down in the Plains in Auburn, um, the football coach, uh, you didn't even last two years. That's, what, that's, what, that's how football is in the SEC. If you don't win right now, you are out uh, Harrison getting booted, but he got a nice, uh, parachute on his way out,
2: out of town. Yeah. I mean, he's got, I, I'm just stunned that they get rid of these guys. It's almost like they, they realize they made a mistake. I, I appreciate the fact that they realized that they didn't hire the right guy the first time. And then they go in and they're going to make a change. But I, I think it's just crazy to do it right in the middle of a season like this. I thought Nebraska firing, firing Scott Frost was more of a, it was crazy. I think all this stuff, it, it just happens too fast. Let the season play out, make your decision, and go from there. I, it's not going to make a huge difference in, 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 with everything going on because you're not going to hire anybody till the end of the year anyway.
3: Yeah, Auburn didn't get Mr. Wright, so now they're looking for Mr. Wright now. Um, I just – I think ultimately they need to make a decision, and their athletic department with the way the boosters have such influence really works differently than just about anywhere in the country. I'm not saying it doesn't work but you're going to have to have a coach that fits that. And I don't think that's the easiest thing in the world because coaches like control and you don't have as much at Auburn as you do at other schools.
1: Remember six, seven weeks ago when Nebraska paid $15 million uh, on the buyout for Scott Frost, Auburn says, hold my beer. Uh, per terms of his deal, Harson will get $15 and a half million in buyout money. Half of that due within 30 days. Merry Christmas to me, and the <laughs> remaining half uh, comes up in four installments. Now, this is two years after they paid Gus Malzahn 21.7 million to get out of town. So, in two years now, in less than you know two and a half years, uh, you're going to pay uh, two coaches more than 37 million dollars in buyout money. That's not in salary; that's in buyout money. That's how deep pockets are down at Auburn.
2: They, they they keep spending money. They might be able to buy Twitter. Who knows?
1: Well,
3: I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put the offer on the table right now. If you don't want me to coach at Auburn, I will accept five million to not coach, and I'll yeah. save you a lot of money.
1: There you go. There
2: I'll you go. take a hundred bucks. Just send me a check. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not proud.
1: <laughs> I ain't cheap, but I can be had. Uh, <laughs> speaking of big money, uh Tom Brady getting a divorce, and uh, boy, the memes are just uh, merciless. Uh, for the best one I saw was uh, said that Giselle, his supermodel wife, now ex wife, uh, actually got half of the Bucks offense in the settlement.
2: It's pretty clear that that happened. Um, I, I, I saw one where we were talking about you know, we always see these next gen stats. Um, and here's one. Tom Brady is the first quarterback in NFL history to drop to three and five in his 23rd NFL season on Thursday night football. While the temperature outside was 82 degrees on the 27th of October, while the wind was blowing from the North wearing red uniforms before getting divorced the next day. First time ever the sports troll. First time that's ever happened. I know it's shocking to everyone, but
3: (laughs) yeah, you do have to feel a little bit sorry for the couple that you have to announce that you're, Divorcing on Instagram, and then the whole world reacts to it. Um, but you, you hope that they can go their ways. And
2: I bet, I bet there amicable. are a lot of there are a lot of guys in their forties sliding into the DMs for Giselle. There, you know, <laughs> I'm sure that was happening, right?
1: I saw one headline already. It said, "Hey, Giselle's new boyfriend." I'm like, really? She hasn't even changed her name yet. You leave her alone. Yeah, they, they, have,
3: they have. They had an odds for both of them on who they were going to date, and I, I can't remember who Giselle. I think Taylor Swift was on. Um, Tom's um, list of who he would she date. Could, she, I mean, could
2: write, she could write a song about him. <laughs>
1: go. She's good at that. And, and like Giselle, she's worth more money than Tom. So Yes, there you go. Yeah, he would fit right in. Absolutely. So, you know, I think, uh, but Brad, on, on, your, on that record-setting night, I think that George Plimpton did that, except it wasn't on Thursday night. They didn't play Thursday night games back then.
2: Yep, that was the only difference. That could have yep. been.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we've done it again. Two hours goes by. Just like that. Thanks to all of our guests uh, who came out. Enjoy the games, and we will see you same place right here next week. Take care. ILL. I.
0: This I-N-I. has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.